remain standing, please take your Bibles this evening and turn with me to First uh, Thessalonians chapter number 5. First Thessalonians chapter number 5. And we're just going to look at one verse here. I promise you we'll look at other verses in the message. And, uh, but uh, we'll get us started here. The subject I, I, I think is very vital for us in the, as a Christian. You know, it ought not be a, a, a something, an unknown to us on how we ought to behave ourselves. Uh, I believe it's, it's, it's written in the Word of God. I believe it's important. Uh, the sad thing is that it is not uh, transferred to our uh, our, our younger generation, and uh, because many times we are not doing what we're supposed to be doing, and uh, then what happens, the next generation even does less, the next does less, and, and here we are, and, uh, and so tonight, one of, the, one of the subjects probably doesn't seem like it's important, but it is, if it's Bible, it's important, isn't it, and uh, look at verse number 15, verse number 15, and let's read it together, just the one verse now, you ready? See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Time my message is this, should I get even? Should I get even? Now, it's up to me, I would say, but it's not up to me. It's up to the Lord, isn't it? Should I get even? I think you probably know the, you know the answer already, so let's just sing our song and go home now. And uh, but no, I want to share with you a few things about it. And uh, because a lot of people will use the word of God or misuse the word of God and uh, try to say that we can get even. And uh, let's ask the Lord to help us now. Father, thank you again uh, for this time this evening. I pray, give us the attention of each and every one. Lord, uh, just for our own good, but also that we wouldn't uh, cause someone else not to be able to hear and learn these things. Uh, help us to apply it in our lives. Every one of us need it. And so, Father, bless now in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. In this chapter here, we find the Apostle Paul is exhorting uh, the Christians, uh, the church here, uh, on their walk with the Lord. Uh, you know, it's very important for us as God's people to walk with God. And, uh, and the wonderful thing about it is we can. Uh, we can walk with God, and he's exhorting them to do this, and, and uh, uh, he's, 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 he says something very important. If you turn back the page here in, in verse 1 of chapter number 5, notice what he tells the people here at the beginning of this chapter. He says, But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. And uh, he, he's reminding them that the Lord is coming soon. And this is what this is all about. Listen now, all right? Don't be talking anymore. You talk during song service no longer. Now, uh, here's, 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 here's the thing. He reminds them that the Lord is coming soon. And he said this. He said, I don't have any need to really tell you that. Why? They knew that. That ought to be engraved in our mind. The Lord is coming soon. And, 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 and that would mean to prepare ourselves for it. And, and he says, you have no need that I write you. And he says, you know perfectly well. And he goes on about that here. And he reminds them that they are children of light. Look at verse number five. Ye, all, uh, ye are all the children of light and the children of day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. And, uh, and again, we as God's people, we as Christians are children of the day. We're not of the night. Uh, you know, it just, it just bothers me so much. There's a lot of the, 
the dark stuff that's going on in our world today. Uh, young people and adults too liking to look into in, into the occult, and uh, you know the, the, they're, they're always wearing their black and they're coloring their eyes black and they're looking at that black. They 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 think that is something. It is something. It's darkness, and we're to be children of light. You know, we ought to be thankful who we are. You know, it's amazing. You know, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, if you've ever seen a Pittsburgh Steelers game, you watch those fans. They're not ashamed of who they are. They're not ashamed of their team. They're not ashamed of who they, uh, who they root for. You know, we ought, to be, we ought not be ashamed of the Lord. And uh, we, ought, we ought to be and realize who we are. We're children of the light and, uh, uh, and of the light of the day, children of the light and of the day, and not of darkness, as verse 5 said there. And then he exhorts them to stay awake and watch and be sober. We talked about that a little bit this morning, about being sober. And, and uh, in other words, it means this, and this is verse 6. He says, therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. In other words, we're to take the Christian life seriously. Uh, that's why that's why I say we need to listen in church because this is serious business. Uh, you know, most of the things we'll hear during the week will not be from the Word of God. Uh, we're going to hear the news will give their idea about things, and and uh, teachers will give their ideas about things, and many times it's not uh, not from the Word of God. And so we need to take seriously our Christian life. How we walk does matter because somebody's watching us as we walk. And then he tells them in verse number eight. Let's look there. He says, "But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love." And for a, hel- hel- uh, a helmet, the hope of salvation. And uh, so here we find that uh, uh, they, he was telling them, make sure you have that faith and love and that hel- helmet of hope of salvation again. It does not mean that they're hoping to be saved. It's that blessed hope of a knowledge of knowing something is going to happen. And uh, it's not like, like I, I think I said this morning, it's not the crossing of our fingers saying, I hope I'm going to heaven. But we have that blessed hope because God said that we have eternal life. He said, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? Saved. Saved. All right. So we have that. We have God's word at it. But that's our blessed hope. It has, we have not gone to heaven yet, but we have that blessed hope of something that we know is there. Uh, it'd be kind of like a, a child, uh, let's say a father says to the child, says, hey, tomorrow I'm going to take you to the park, and you're going to get to ride some rides. And the child is all happy, and he believes his dad, and he's excited about it, but he also, it's a blessed hope. He has, I'm not saying blessed hope, but he has a hope. And that hope is this, he's saying, not I hope my dad goes through with it, but hey, I am going to do this tomorrow. It has not happened yet, but it will happen. So that's what they're talking about when we say the blessed hope of something that we're looking forward to when we get to heaven. I'm not saying we're not saved right now. If you trusted Christ, you're saved right now. And, uh, but yet our, 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 home, our home in heaven, we're not there yet, but one of these days we'll, we will be. And he tells them so to, uh, to, and it also, in verse number 11, he tells them to comfort and edify one another. Look at verse number 11. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. And he was saying to be mindful of others. And, and again, that's, that's what we're supposed to do. Be mindful of those around us, those we come in contact with, and uh, be mindful about them and edify them. And then verse 13 tells us that we're to be at peace and to esteem them very highly in love for the word's sake and be at peace among yourselves. And uh, 
And uh, so he, he's talking to these Christians, and he's telling them, it starts out by saying, hey, listen, these things, I'm telling you, you know what I'm saying. And then he, 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 he reminds them of, of the way it ought to be in their Christian walk. But then he tells us something else in verse number uh, 14. There's a warning. Now, you know, I guess maybe sometimes we don't like warnings, but warnings are, are very important, aren't they? You know, and it says, uh, you know, uh, uh, danger. You, you be smart if you realize there could be some danger here. It could hurt me. And the Bible says here a warning in verse number, uh, verse number 14. Uh, he says, uh, now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly. Comfort the feeble-minded. Support the weak. Be patient toward all men. So there's a warning here that he's given to us too. So he's telling us about the, the way we ought to behave ourselves and then warns us about some things. And warnings, again, are very important there. And then we come to verse number 15, which seems a little bit difficult sometimes. It says, See that none render evil for evil under any man, but ever follow that which is good both among yourselves and to all men. I don't know about you, but I know this. I know this. I know it's wrong for me to punch someone in the nose. But I have to also say this. Sometimes I want to. Y'all look at me like a bunch of angels, and I know you are not. Do you ever feel that way? Hmm? I know I'm not, I, it's not good for me to punch you in the nose, but I'll tell you what. There's been times I wanted to punch a person in the nose. But me wanting to doesn't make it right. My reason of wanting to punch someone in the nose is because they've offended me. They've bothered me. They may have hurt me. And I may want. And, and all it's going to do is usually get me in trouble. You know, I, 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 I think about it as, as a child growing up. Uh, I, I had the idea if, if my, one of my brothers would do something to me, I had the right to do it back to him. You know where that got me? In trouble. And if I was to get a spanking for what I did, my brother, he, he, and mom was this. She says, all right, uh, all right, Tim, you come in here. Did you, did you do this to him? Yes, I did. And then she says, all right, you're getting a spanking. And I'm like, yeah, there we go. And then my mom says, did you hit him back? Yeah. She says, you're getting one too. You know what she's trying to do? Teach us a biblical truth. It's, it's, it's not what we're supposed to do, but yet we feel like it. And, and, and we, you know what it's about? It's about gratifying ourselves, of saying, I will feel better if I get back at them. Now, here's the thing. You may listen to me just a moment ago and said, and I would never think about punching someone in the nose. Hey, let me ask you this. Have you ever tried this? Have you ever wanted to throw some darts at them of words? Punch, it's a kind of a, 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 a word punch in the nose. And you say, man, I gave them a piece of my mind. That's why you have very little left. I give them a piece of my mind thinking that it makes me feel better and I've done something and even to the point of thinking I have a right to do so. See that none render evil for evil unto any man. If there ever was a man that had a right to get even, it would have been the Apostle Paul. I mean, he was mistreated. Now, I know that earlier in his life, he really mistreated a lot of people. He did some really bad things. He was not saved. What happens? He got saved. And what happens when a person gets saved? They have become a new creature. 
Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. And I thought, you know, he was rejected by so many people. He was rejected by Jews. He was rejected by Gentiles. And uh, uh, I, I thought, you know, he, they, they, they all gave him such a hard time. He was beaten. He was ostracized and, and, and abused and imprisoned. All because of what he was preaching, of what he was giving the people the word of God. And so he was really mistreated, and we see what happened there, but yet he said, see, not, see that none render evil for evil. But then we come up with a scripture verse. We come up with a scripture verse that says, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. You ever heard that before? We'll get to it in a few minutes. I'll show you it is in the Bible. And we sometimes take that as our life verse. You wouldn't take John 3.16, but you like that verse, right? An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Because we like to get even with people. And today, what do we do? We, 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 we have this saying, you know, I don't get mad, I just get even. And we laugh about it. And it is, in a sense, a little bit funny, but it's really bad. We have the idea, do unto others as others do unto us. That's not Bible teaching. And then we have the little saying that we, we, we do sometimes, do unto others before they do unto you. And that way, you know, we're all acting like really angels and saints today, but you know what? Deep down inside, sometimes we feel that way. They got smart with me, and I'm going to get right back with them. They did something to me, and I'm going to do something right back to them. We're not taking seriously the Christian life. And so what do they do? They say, well, an eye for an eye, and it's in the Bible. And it is. It's in Exodus. We're going to turn to it now. We'll get to it in a few minutes here. But it's found in Exodus chapter number 21. It's there. You say, well, then let's do it. Let's go ahead and follow that. Let us do an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And, and, and you know, someone pokes me in the eye, I have a right to poke them back. If somebody does to me, they're mean to me, I have a right. If they, if they ding my door, I'll ding their door. If, they, if they, they say something mean to me, well, then I have a right to say something mean right back to them. That's not what it's talking about there. When you understand something about the law, when you understand something about where this verse is found in the book of Exodus, that it's talking about the Jewish law. Now, the Jewish law is, in the, is, is really distinguished by three separate or three distinct categories. And let me teach you. I'm going I'm to teach you a little bit the message, really. This is kind of introduction. The message isn't very long, so don't get worried. But the, the, the introduction to it is, is a little bit longer, probably what the message is. When we talk about the law, which this eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, where we get this idea that if somebody does to me, I'll do something back. And then we read in, in 1 Thessalonians that we're not to render evil for evil. What do we do? And this, if we have to vote on it, we probably would vote, let's, let's an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Because we think it'll make us feel better. So the law is divided into three different areas. One is this, the moral law. The moral law of holiness. The moral law law, and we'll get to it in a few minutes here, about the Ten Commandments. And what that is, an expression of God's character. It's the standard for all righteousness. And uh, we could go through, and we'll look at it in a moment here, we can go through the Ten Commandments, how it's important. And, and, and think about it, this is the way we are today, where a lot of places they have to take down the Ten Commandments. Uh, a lot of law buildings, they've done that in courthouses, they made them take down the Ten Commandments. Thank the Lord for some of the judges that stood up and said, we will not do that. 
But the Ten Commandments, you say, are they important? Yes, they are. But that, what we're talking about there is the moral law of holiness. And uh, it's embodied by, I believe, two great principles. We find those principles also in the New Testament, where we're to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. That's the first part. The second part of that is this, love thy neighbor as thyself. Mark chapter number 12 and verses 30 and 31, this tells us about this here in the New Testament. It's still the same truth, this moral law. It says, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love the, thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. So that's the moral law. So when we talk about the, 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 the Jewish law, there is the moral law that God has given. And I said it's in three different uh, 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 distinct categories. The second category is this. It's the civil law or the law of, of retribution. In other words, because you did something, it is the idea of an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Because I, you poke me in the eye, I can poke you in the eye. That's, what, that's, that's, that's this part of the civil law or the law of retribution. And that's a body of laws of God regulating both evil and private matters along with penalty for breaking them. So there is that civil law. Now that's what we're going to talk about in a few minutes here. And then I said there's three areas of the law. The first one, the moral law. The second one, the civil law. And the third one is the ceremonial law. And the ceremonial law is that of the law of worship. Ceremonial law was given to, by God to Israel. And what it did, and this is what's interesting to me, that all that ceremonial law was pointing prophetically to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and who he was and what he was going to do. It prophesied really the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so these, these laws made a distinction between that which was clean and that which was unclean. It set forth the holiness of God and, and set up the Old Testament priesthood. Remember how if you, read, you read, read there in Exodus about how the priests and the garb that they wore and things. And, and, and it set up about that along. It also then shows about how that a sinful man can come and approach the Lord, a holy God. Now... Let's go back and now look at a little bit about these laws. Go back with me to Exodus chapter number 20, all right? Exodus chapter number 20. I believe the whole Bible, don't you? But we need to understand what it's talking about. And we find in, in Exodus chapter number 20, the moral law. And God here gives us the commandments. And verse 1 says, And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water underneath the earth, under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them, for I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children, and unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me and so on there we find the ten commandments and uh, 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 and so that's what we have in that first part of that moral law the second part is in exodus chapter number 21 in exodus chapter number 21 we find here the civil law and that is god's command for justice and uh, in in the form of retribution 
And, uh, and again, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Now, look, look with me. It starts in verse number one. Look, look what it says. Now, these are the judgments which thou shalt set before them. So this is something that is given to the people. This is the law of God given. Now, the first part was the Ten Commandments, the moral law. Now we find here uh, 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 the civil law. And go to verse 18. Verse number 18 and, and uh, let's look down through verse number 25. Verse 18. And if men strive together and one smite another with a stone or with his fist, and he die not, but keep with his bed. If he rise again and walk abroad upon his staff, then shall he that smote him be quit. Only he shall pay for the loss of his time and shall cause him to be thoroughly healed. And if a man smite his servant or his maid with a rod, and he die under his hand, he shall be surely punished. Notwithstanding, if he continue a day or two, he shall not be punished, for he is his money. If man strive and hurt a woman with child, so that her fruit depart from her, and yet no mischief follow, he shall be surely punished, according as the woman's husband will lay upon him, and he shall pay as the judges determine. And look now, uh, look at verse 23. And if any mischief uh, follow them, uh, thou shalt give life for life. And here's that verse we've been talking about. In fact, it goes along with verse 25 too. But look at verse 24. Eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burning for burning, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. So what we have here, we have this, this, this law, the civil law, where God's saying, all right, as the government, it has a responsibility of civil law. That there are to be some laws of what you cannot do. And if you do something you shouldn't do, there will be retribution because of it. In other words, a penalty for it. You know, in, in America, we, we, let's say this. Do they make uh, uh, traffic laws? They do, all right? Speed limit. That's a law. All right. Now, here's the thing. They have the right, although I'm not happy about it, they have a right that when we go too fast to give us a ticket. Now, I like it when they have mercy. Amen. And uh, sometimes they don't have that, but, uh, you know, and, and most of the time they don't, but they don't have mercy. But, but here's the thing. The law says this. You break the speed limit, you get a ticket. And the ticket is not to, the, 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 you know, to, to, to go and ride roller coasters. The ticket is in the form of you have a fine to pay. And so then you have to pay that fine. There's the retribution for the, for the, for the, the law that you broke. Now we're living in a time where you can do just about anything and be set free, especially in, in a lot of Democrat areas there and in New York City. You know, you can go and you can kill somebody and be out on the street walking the next day. And, and you know what? That is, that is contrary to the word of God. There is to be a retribution. And, and God said, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. And then he said, hand for hand, foot for foot. He said, hey, you poke a guy's eye out, you're going to get your eye poked out. You, 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 you cut someone's hand off, you're getting your hand cut off. I tell you what, that sure make you think twice about doing something bad, wouldn't it? My doctor, he was a Muslim, you know, and he, 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 uh, he went to that paradise, he thinks. But I think he found out the preach, Baptist preacher he was treating was right. But, uh, you know, he, he used to say this. He says, you know where I'm from? He says, there's no stealing. I said, really? He goes, no. They cut your fingers off. And if you steal again, they cut your hand off. I tell you what, those looters all over in the big cities would stop looting. 
if that happened. Because it makes it really hard to loot when you don't have fingers. Amen. You said, that's mean. It's wrong to loot. It's wrong to steal. steal. Thou shalt not steal. It's right there. And, 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 and so in, in, the, in the, uh, the Old Testament, there was the, the law, the civil law that said, hey, you did something. There's retribution uh, because of it. And uh, so uh, we, we find that, 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 yes, it's right there in the Bible where God said that, that an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Now, now, here's the thing. We can't take it out of context, though. You can't say, well, then that means if, if somebody punches me in the nose, I can punch him right back. No, that's civil. That's not personal. Amen. Here's where it's at. This uh, personal, an eye for an eye was never intended for personal retribution. That's why, you know, it's so wonderful how this book all fits together. It's not a contradiction. It's just people not understanding the law, understanding what God's word says. There's the moral law, but there's also this law that, that we're talking about now and, and, and uh, the civil law. And the civil law, it was, was, was to be dispensed by those in authority, not by the one that was injured. So here's the thing. An eye for an eye does not mean that the guy got his eye poked out can go and poke out the other guy's eye. The guy got his eye poked out. He goes to, this, goes to the law, and the law says, all right, this is your problem. And they have a, evidently, maybe, I don't know, maybe they have an, a, an official eye poker outer. He takes care of this guy's eye. But it was not for, the, the civil was taken by the civil government, not by the people themselves. Interesting, isn't it? And, you know, something interesting, interesting too, is this, that uh, uh, the civil law of Israel was not one of retribution and not one of incarceration. Incarceration, for you that don't understand that word, means this, jail time. You know, really, really, to, to the Jew, you didn't go to jail, you got punished. You got punished. A lot of times in jail, some people have it better off in jail. They have, they've got three meals every day, and everything's all taken care for them. Now, I wouldn't want three. I like three meals a day, but I'm not wanting to go to jail. But you think about, you think about this here, that the, 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 that the Israel, there was no really. If, if you study your Bible, you'll find out there were no Jewish prisons. I don't know if you ever thought about it when you're reading it. Now you say, well, wait a minute, preacher. You know, it talks about a prison in, 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 in Genesis. And it talks about prisons in the New Testament. But in the Old Testament, even, there was no, there was no Jewish prisons. It talks about in Genesis chapter 30, it talks about a, a prison there, but it's referring to the prison of Egypt. It wasn't a Jew. So there was not that civil law of taking someone and putting them in jail. Uh, in the New Testament, all the prisons were Gentile prisons, both the Roman and otherwise. They were, they, were, they, were, they, were, they were not Jewish or Israel prisons. So the law, according to the law, that a person, when they did something wrong, they were dealt with, and the civil law. good example of an eye for an eye is Judges chapter number 1. Let's go there real quick, all right? Book of Judges. You understand what I'm talking about tonight? At least look like you do, all righty? Because if you don't, I'll have to go through it all again, and you'll never get home. Judges chapter number 1. 
Let's look and see what it says here in verse one, verse number four, Judges chapter one. And Judah went up, and the Lord delivered the Canaanites and the Perizzites into their into their hand, and they slew of them in Bezek ten thousand men, and they found Adonai Bezek in Bezek, and they fought against him, and they slew the Canaanites and the Perizzites, but Adonai Bezek fled, and they pursued after him and caught him. And cut off his thumbs and his great toes. And Adonius Bezak said, Three score and ten kings, having their thumbs and their great toes cut off, gather their meat under my table. As I have done so, God hath requited me. And they brought him to Jerusalem, and there he died. So we find here, and as we, we, we find there that, you know, God allowed this to happen because of what these men did that they lost their, 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 their toes, they cut off their thumbs and cut off their toes. Uh, that's a kind of a terrible thing, but that was the retribution for what they had done. There is such a thing as retribution. You know, and I believe our land, our government has to do that. I believe that's biblical, where there's re- a re- retribution for what we do. You sin, you break the law, you pay a penalty for it. Now, I thank the Lord for God's grace. But the Bible also says that we reap what we sow. And there's a penalty for our sin. You think you can mess around with sin and get away from it? Uh, try it and you'll find out you can't get away with it. But the civil law was both retribution and incarceration. But still reflects the civil law of the Old Testament. So uh, the Apostle Paul suffered retribution uh, at, at least five times. Uh, in the hands of the Jews. The Bible, and I read the verse, 2 Corinthians eleven twenty four. it says this, Of the Jews five times received I forty stripes, save one. Now, what was he doing? He was preaching the word of God. They didn't like it. They gave him retribution. They punished him for it. Did he do anything wrong? Did he do anything wrong? No, he didn't. He was preaching the word of God. And yet, though, they did not want him to, and so they gave him retribution, and, 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 and uh, 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 even, even, if you will, jail time because of what he did. Now, that's all the background, and here's, here's the message. Go back with me again to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. And we read there in verse number 15. See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. So the time my message is, you know, can I get even? The answer is no. You say, but, but they did something bad. Yes, but that's for the law to take care of. And may I say this too? It's for God to take care of. You know, when, when that, the reason I remember I said about when I punched my brother after he punched me, I did the same thing I wasn't suppo- that he wasn't supposed to do. I did the same thing. Therefore, we both got in trouble. You see, we, we, you say, preacher, well, then how in the world are we going to do what verse 15 says in 1 Thessalonians? Well, we can if we'll do several things, and this is the message, only a few points. Let me give them to you real quick. Number one is this. We've got to realize that people will do evil to us. 
It will happen. People will do evil to us, and, and if you're living for God, you will be persecuted for it. Now, thank the Lord, you know, we don't see a lot in our nation. We don't see a lot of people being thrown in prison because of their belief. But in other lands in the world, they are being thrown in prison for their belief. And not only that, but being killed. Now, here, here's the thing. We need to know that there is going to be persecution. There's going to be people that's going to make fun of you. There's people going to say evil things about you. And uh, uh, I've had, I've had uh, you know, people say things about, about me. I, I remember one time a man called me and wanted me to, to, to uh, talk with him about divorce. He said, I felt like you would be a good one to talk to about it since you've been through it. I never was divorced. Now, I'm not saying I never thought about it, but uh, I, I never was divorced, never was. I married that, that, that lady right there, and I'm staking with it. I'm staying with her as long as she behaves. And, uh, I, you know, I've never been divorced, but people said that. Uh, people, people said all I preach about, and they'll name certain things that, you know, people get upset about, and they say, well, that's all you preach about. You know, that's a lie. And you know what it does? It makes me mad sometimes. But I've got to realize, and you've got to realize this, that sometimes people will be unkind to us. Sometimes we'll be judged wrong. Sometimes people will be cruel. Life is hard. Go with me to 2 Timothy. Just right past where we're at there. And you come to 1 Timothy. Let's go to 2 Timothy, chapter number 3, verse number 10. Life's going to be hard, and, 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 and God, uh, you know, God, knowing this, knowing that God is despised, you think about, we're going to have problems. Look at verse number 10. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, yeah, that's going to happen, uh, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch and Iconium, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the, all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer, what? Persecution. It'll happen. You say, preacher, but that's not fair. Life oftentimes is not fair. Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes, did they lie about Jesus? They sure did, didn't they? Did they say awful things about him? They sure did. You know what, why then do you think that we would get away with it? That no one would ever say anything about it. Somebody will lie about it. And, and, and they'll say awful things. And, 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 and yet the Bible tells us that all they that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. So we've got to realize, first of all, that people are going to do evil to us. And uh, uh, they're, 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 especially if you're going to live for the Lord. They'll make fun of you. They'll say things about you. What they don't need is your two cents worth after that. They don't need our retaliation. They need us to still live the same way. You know, it's kind of like this. I don't like when people make fun but I'll tell you what, they're not going to see they're making fun stop me from living what God tells me to live. They can, they can keep still laughing. I mean, some people that we grew up with, you know, they kind of laugh about where we stand. We always did stand this way, and we're going to continue to stand this way. And they've laughed, and that's all right. Had, <coughs> had family members laugh about the way we raised our kids, but we didn't stop raising them according to the word of God because they laughed at us. Secondly, we need to learn to forgive if they... Are you ready for this one? If they apologize or not. 
You say, well, I don't have to forgive if they don't apologize. Where do you find that? We're to be willing to forgive whether they apologize or not. That's hard, isn't it? I mean, let's be honest. You know, I know we're all sitting here and saying, man, I, that's easy for me. I am an angel on earth. Well, the fact of the matter is, that's a hard thing when someone does something, hurt us, and then they never say. And we look and say, why? Well, they've never said I'm sorry about it. And you know what? That's pretty rotten. If you hurt somebody, you ought to say I'm sorry. If you're unkind to someone, you ought to say I'm sorry. But hey, don't hold your breath because sometimes it'll never happen. But what will make you bitter is when you don't forgive, even when they don't ask forgiveness. The Bible says in Luke 23, verse 34, Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. You, you think about those fellows there that the Lord said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You think all of a sudden they had a revival and they got saved and it was all okay and they were there bowing at the, at the cross saying, we're sorry, we're sorry. They went ahead and ripped up his garments, took his garments there and, and, and cast lots for it. You know what they were doing? They were still continuing on their way, but what did Jesus say? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You and I would say this, they knew what they were doing. Wouldn't we? And they knew what they were doing. Well, you know what? If they did or if they didn't, Father, forgive them. I'm glad God's willing to forgive people. And you know what God's saying this? He says, hey, listen, you need to forgive too. You say, yeah, but what about? What about that eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth? That is the civil law takes care of that. A guy breaks into your house and he steals your things. And what happens? He has to pay a retribution if he gets caught. But what you need to do is not hold it over their head. God will take care of it. And what's supposed to happen, the law is supposed to take care of it. You say, what if it doesn't? Trust God. Trust God. So we need to learn, we need to realize people are going to do evil to us. Learn to forgive if they apologize or not. And then overcome evil with good. Go with me to Romans chapter number 12. Oh, this one's a difficult one too. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter number 12, verse number 20. Look what it says. Be not overcome of evil. Well, let's back up to verse, verse, verse 20. I'm sorry, I, I was reading verse 21. Look at, look, at, look at verse 20. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, cut off all the supply of food. If thine enemy hunger, do what? Well, if he first, do what? Give him drink, for in so doing thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. I don't know how the world does that happen, but it's what God said to do, didn't he? He said, you know what, I mean, if it's me and someone does something like that to me, if my enemy's hungry and I hope they starve to death, well, that's really Christ-like, isn't it? Jesus came to save sinners. And who he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, were a bunch of lost sinners. And then verse 21, be not overcome of evil. But overcome evil with what? Is that in the Bible? It is, isn't it? Yeah, but an eye for an eye. Again, I taught you. I taught you that just a few minutes ago. That's civil law. That's not, that's not what we're supposed to do. 
We're to follow God's law about this. We're not to overcome evil, uh, uh, evil, but uh, be not overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. In other words, what, you know what we're supposed to do when someone mistreats us? Do good. Isn't that simple? Just do good. We'll teach our children that. Don't teach them to get back and get even. And one of the worst ways to do that is to be an example of it ourselves as parents. It's not about that, ladies. It's not, it's, you're not to get even with your husband, and husbands, you're not to get even with your wife. And we're not to get even with other people. And number four, there's only five, so we're getting close to the end there. Number four, put the past in its proper perspective. You know where the past is? It's in the past. The past is in the past. Listen to this, Philippians 3.13. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. You know, you say, well, preacher, somebody has done something really bad to me. And, and you know what? I think all of us probably, if we would look back in our life, that's happened. But it's the past. You know, I, my wife t- said something one time, Made me upset. You say, which time? You haven't got time. But no, you know, you know I, I was preaching, and I said about, I've gotten letters from people who have said at one time how much they appreciated me and they loved me, and I'm glad you're my pastor. And then I get a letter later on that says, they can't stand me. I'm the worst pastor they ever had, and all these other things. And you know what I did? I kept those letters. And my wife said to me, I think it was on the way home, she said, why do you do that? Because I don't want to ever forget what they said. That's kind of why I did it. I had to get rid of those letters because that's the past. God knows what they wrote. And God knows everything they said about me was not true except for the first letter. But you know, we need to put the things that are the past. You say, but somebody did something really bad to me. It's in the past. You see, the re- this is what happens when we hold on to the past and we're always looking for ways and we, we never get over it, but we're always ready to heap on and jump on somebody because they did something. You know what it does? It makes us bitter. Bitterness is something you don't want in your life. The most miserable people in the world are bitter people. And then number five, the last one. Learn to act and not react. Learn to act and not react. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 10. 1 Corinthians chapter number 10, and let's look at verse number 31. And we'll read to the end of the chapter, verse 33. Whether therefore ye eat or drink, or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Is retaliation to the glory of God? No. Give none offense, neither to the Jews, or to the Gentiles, or to the church of God. Even as I please all men in all things, not seeking mine own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. You know, much of our life is spent in reacting to things rather than us acting the right way. Isn't that true? We're such a reacting people. She said that to me. 
he did that. And what do we do? We react. And usually what happens is we end up doing the same thing. Oh, maybe they used a cuss word on us and used a Christian word. But you still had the same bitterness in your heart. You see, we need to learn not to react, but learn how to act. You say, well, how? that's difficult. No, not if we'll learn what we're supposed to do. And so when something happens, we automatically do what God says rather than react. Reaction is, 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 is plain to the flesh. Someone pokes me in the, in the nose, my flesh, I mean, I don't even think about it, but my hand does this. Right? That's my reaction. My reaction is someone giving me a hard time is not to run from them. It's a run to them. Flesh. The Apostle Paul would probably have not gone very far in his Christian life and did so much for God God in the churches that he wrote to if he just reacted. You know what he did? I believe that he... He, he, he learned how to act. And when people were mean to him, he still was kind. And those who kept him in, I believe those in prison he witnessed to. Instead of saying, you dirty rotten thing, you know I'm not guilty. There's plenty, of course, to be upset about. But why, why, why should we let those things destroy us and steal away our joy and our happiness? You see, preacher, someone did something really bad to me one time. All right, live in that day then and be miserable. Or you can say, you know what? I'm going to let God take care of it. I don't need to worry about it because when you try to take care of it, you end up sinning yourself. It's not for us to have the thinking of an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Because God knows what's going on. Go with me to one last verse. I know we were really close to it just a minute ago. But Romans chapter number 12 again. I'm going to back up one more verse. Romans chapter number 12. And we're going to go. We went to 20 and 21. I'm going to back up to verse 19. Romans chapter 12 verse 19. Dearly, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves. But here's what we're to do. But rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. I give, I give my wrath its place and let the Lord take care of it. You know what? You may be able to whoop me, but you can't whoop God. Me trying to get even makes me as bad as the one who did something to me. But God says, I am the holy and the righteous judge and I will judge properly. And folks, they're not going to get away with it. And you don't need to worry about it. You say, but it seems like they're getting away with it. No, everybody's going to face God someday, aren't they? What we need to do is just know that God knows what people do. And God will take care of it. And I believe this, and let me close with this statement. I believe that God will do a better job of it. Amen. So let's just be happy. And, 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 and thank the Lord that when someone persecutes us, that he'll take care of it. And when the things happen in our lives, and sometimes, you know, if someone causes us harm and the law arrests them, and they'll take care of it. They're supposed to. If they don't, they should. They'll be held accountable. 
but it's not an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Sorry. That's not for us personally. Yes, it's in the Bible, but when you put it all together, and I've tried to do that here tonight, it's not our job to take the eye when someone takes ours. Amen. Or anything else. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the Word of God this evening. Thank you for the truths that we can find. Once again, Lord, I'm so glad again tonight that this book is not contradictory. Uh, Lord, this, you just need to look in the right perspective and see what it's talking about. We just need to understand about the law. And I pray that I've made it plain. I, I hope and trust that folks understood, and I believe they did. And Lord, I, I pray that tonight, Lord, help us to help us learn from this. And not be one always trying to retaliate. Lord, help us to forgive. Help us understand that things are going to happen. People are going to be mean. Lord, help us do what's right. And help us, Lord, help us just trust you. You'll take care of everything. Help us not to react, but learn how to act. How to behave ourselves when these situations happen. So, Father, speak to our hearts tonight about this. Well, our heads bowed, our eyes closed. Maybe God spoke to your heart tonight. In a moment, invitation is going to be given. Take care of the, with the Lord. Ask God to help you. I mean, I, I'm not saying this is easy. It's, it's difficult sometimes because we still live in this old stinking flesh. And the old flesh just wants to jump up and down and throw a fit. But we need to, we need to follow the Word of God. Would you tonight decide to do that? I wonder, first of all, if there be anyone here this evening that says, Preacher, I don't know that I'm saved, don't know I'm going to heaven, but I'd like to know it. Anyone this evening said, Preacher, that's me. I don't know. And Christian tonight, God spoke to your heart. The invitation be open. You do what God says this evening. Father, bless the invitation. And Lord, I pray that your will be done in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.